It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Brass monkey, death monkey, monkey. Brass monkey, chunky. By the way, I just want to pass this along real quick. Uh, ESPN is, I guess, reporting this, but uh, Golden State Warriors made an effort to uh, trade for LeBron James. Really? But that the uh, Lakers and LeBron weren't really interested in it. But that would have been interesting. Do you, do they, LeBron to the Warriors? If you're trying, if you're the Warriors and you're trying to trade for LeBron, do you just call LeBron and see if it's viable? You know, I mean, he's the GM coach slash player. <laughs> so you go, hey, hey, LeBron. Yeah, it's the Warriors. Yeah. What do you think about making this move? For you. Yeah. Yeah. He says, let me uh, check with me and I'll get back to you. <laughs> the king is here. Yeah. He, he, he's holding out to play with Bronny, right? Yes. But that what he's doing? Bronny... It doesn't matter LeBron, if Bronny's not good enough. Well, he's not good enough. Well, it doesn't matter. He's LeBron's son. Did you guys hear, like, what Austin Rivers was saying about that? What did he say? No. He, he, so, they, you know, it's a thing that LeBron wants to play with his son. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess Austin Rivers, I think on a podcast, all these players are getting caught up on podcasts. He was like... It's talking about how it's not healthy and how it was toxic for him to be playing in the league with his dad in the league. And yeah, what do you Austin? Austin ought to be really thankful that his last name is Rivers because yeah. yeah. I'm not so sure he would have had the career he had if his dad. That's a classic case of thanks, dad. He said it was damaging and that he thinks it would be damaging for. LeBron and his uh, It was damaging for him. You think yeah. it was da- he says it was damaging for him? Yeah. Yeah, I think his lucky stars, his last name is Rivers. Yeah. But same thing for Bronny. Because mm. he's not NBA caliber player. It is not um right Yeah, it's I mean it is like that's a lot, a lot on your plate, right? When your dad is LeBron James. I, if, 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 if I'm LeBron, mm-hmm. why would I do that to my kid? Because whatever, whatever, I don't know, fatherly joy you get out of playing with your kid is, it's going to be dwarfed by the unimaginable pressure that you're putting on your kid that he has no chance. Of matching. Of matching. See, I was going to just bring up the Griffies, Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. But Ken Griffey Sr., although he played a long time, was a really good baseball player, Ken Griffey Jr. was, I mean, that dude was a freak show. So they played together in Seattle when he came up as a 19-year-old. And that was really cool, right? I mean, you, right. you remember that. We're of that age. You remember that. Sure. But did they play together right away? Well, he came up at 19 years old, so yeah, they, I mean... No, no when I say was, when, yeah, so you're right. But at that point, he was a, he was a phenom. He was a phenom, and he, his dad was a really good player, but his dad was probably 40 at the time right, playing the major league. Right. And it wasn't one of those things that had been planned out the whole... You know, this has been, this has been in the making since Bronny was in junior high school. Right. 
everybody understood that once Ken Griffey Jr. came up, he was going to quickly show that he was better than Come his on. dad. The greatest left-handed swing of oh, all time. Just, I mean, just pure oh, a butter. Yes, the most beautiful baseball swing I have ever seen in my life. Yes, Ken Griffey Jr. Bar none, dude. He's phenomenal. I will challenge anybody to come up with a more beautiful swing than now, Ken Griffey. Now, if Ken Griffey was still playing and he was putting that on his kids to come play with him, that would be that would be like the equivalent because he is that he was that iconic and that right. good in baseball. Right. But yeah, that's a lot of. There's a lot of pressure there. Now, I'll tell you what will be interesting to see, because I, by all the looks, this this kid can play. Tiger Woods' kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kid looks like he's... And he looks like somebody... He has dad's attitude. Oh, he dude. looks like he's... he's Right now, he looks like, bring it on. I'll take... I'll take he's on got, all the and expectations. He's got all those mannerisms of his father. It's freaky. It's almost it freaky. Yeah. It's cool, but it's kind of freaky. It's identical. Yeah, they. I mean, and not even knowing they're doing it, they're just doing it. Yeah, it's it's cool but creepy. Yeah, yeah. But I think now, what's his name, Charlie? Yeah, Charlie's never going to be as as great as his father. But th- this is actually one yeah. of those cases where w- once he hits pro golf, I. How could you? Like his dad, I think he could actually handle it and actually be pretty good. He, yeah, a little creepy. He looks, he looks like the real deal. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens once he starts to play, and everybody's constantly asking him about, well, your dad did this, your dad did that, and does it does it start to wear on him? Uh, here we go. We have we have not yet broken through with uh tell me why I'm wrong. We don't no. have we don't have one yet. No. How about this one? This one might have a chance. Okay. Mark, the major reason the LA controversy even exists is because of your partner, the wedge driver. Everyone knows Evans hates LA. He's just spreading hate. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we have a winner. We finally have a winner. That is, I mean, that that is a one hundred percent whole milk, perfectly stated. It's all Mike Evans' fault. That is great. All right. Well, if it means the listeners finally get on the board, I'll take one for the team. So mm-hmm. there you go. Congratulations, Tom of Aurora. <laughs> we are on the board on a Tell Me Why I'm Wrong Wednesday. The over-under for the day is three and a half. We're only at one. So yeah. we still have a lot of lifting, heavy lifting to do the rest of the hour. We've never asked this much of the 9 a.m. listeners. Never. Because mm-hmm. quite frankly, we don't think you're up to it. But we'll find out. Right. Next. Uh... I hate that way. <laughs> My heart. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark. As I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash storm ready. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. (laughs) 
uh, Tell Me Why I'm Wrong Wednesday. The idea, we're trying to assault uh, Mark's arrogant, uh, impenetrable island, I Told You So Island, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with all the features of I Told You So Island. We've got the uh, Bowles' Bluff, Rogers Rock, the Paxton Lynch, Lazy River of Tears. By the way, is that good enough to extend the smear campaign? Do we have the music right there? The Paxton Lynch, Lazy River of Tears. There you go. Brett, Riptide, Rippin' Beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what were some of the other features that we have there? <laughs> Mark's I told you so I Bullsey's Bluff. Yeah. Um. Anyway, people help us because we've we've come right. up with a bunch over the years. But um, anyway, the idea, come up with a hot take, challenge Mark to tell you that you're not wrong. We've uh-huh. only got one so far, but we finally got another one. I think we might have another one. Really? Okay. Mark, how lucky is CU knowing that they have the absolute number one person to handle the new world of college football? Tell me why I'm wrong. Ooh. Before you answer that, here was Dion on the, the Lil Wayne uh, podcast talking about what he's got planned for the spring football game. You played in spring football games at Idaho. Yes, I did. Spring football games have been going on forever. Yes. They are mostly a... Forget about it as soon as it's done affair, right? Mm-hmm. Check this out. Who gave me the idea? So for our spring game, we're yeah. doing a whole prime weekend. Okay. We're having a fashion show Thursday, some for the boosters on uh, on Friday, okay. and the game on Saturday. We're doing an after party. Yeah. You know, his black, white, black, and Hispanic DJs. Okay. We're going to cover everybody. Okay. And then uh, after the game, we're doing something with the uh, alumni, but also... Maybe at halftime in the game, right at the end of the game on the rooftop, yeah. we're going to have uh, somebody. It's going down. It's going down. Dude. Text, right? Texture isn't wrong. Tell me why the, the like kids just want to go be a part of it. This is... CU fan, I, 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 I can't stress this enough. Where you were a little over a year ago to where you're now and your prospects for the future... I've I've never ever seen a sudden turnaround like this because this texture's not wrong. Right. Deion Sanders is the absolute embodiment poster boy, whatever whatever you want to call him, right. of what college football is all about right now. He gets it like you, you nobody know else. You does. know what's interesting about college? Okay, so like, let me just break it down for you because. I live it with my son. Major League Baseball, people in Major League Baseball, coaches, front office, they are dying to get out of Major League Baseball to run to college because it's not dominated by analytics. It's dominated by eyeballs and what a kid has and how he can play. And they want to get back to baseball in its purest form. If we want to bunt guys over and do all that, we can do that because we're not beholden to guys hitting homers, you know, and guys, you know, we're not beholden to OPS and we're not beholden to the, uh, all of the slugging percentages if and all that. If a pitcher's carving up a lineup right. two times through the batting order, we're, we're not, not going to stress about not, the third time around. Right, exactly. All that stuff. So the people are flocking. They are just leaving professional baseball to get to college. It's the exact opposite is true right now in professional in professional football. The college guys are either retiring, 
Nick Saban, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't like this NIL stuff. Yeah. I don't like the new. I don't like the new landscape of college football. And guys are leaving assistant coaches. I can't tell you how many guys have left college football to go into the pro football game that were college assistants. Tons of them, Mike. Tons of them. Because they want to get to more of the the pure form, they want to get away. I believe from the NIL stuff, where you got to you, you can't coach a kid, coach a kid. I'm going to leave. I don't want to be held accountable. And yet, you and CU have got a guy who is an absolute master. I bumped into Dion, talked to him for a while at the Super Bowl, and um, you know he's just. Like, come, come be a part, you know, come, come up to see you. You got to get up. You got to come be a part of it, man. I, I'm i excited to go up. I'm excited to see exactly what it's all about. It's just, yeah, I mean, it, like if you're a kid, why would you not want to be a part of what Dion has going up there at CU? Of course you'd want to. So Jeff Halfley is the football coach or was the football coach at Boston College. I mean, you want to talk about a place where <laughs> you got to work twice, three times as hard right. as most programs to try to make any kind of a, a, a dent there, right? So when he left a head coaching job in college to go be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, uh, a, a source close to him uh, said, quote, he wants to go coach football a- again in a league that is all about football. College f- coaching has become fundraising, NIL, and recruiting your own team and transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore. A lot of things that he went back to college for have disappeared. Yeah. And you're you're seeing that. You're seeing more and more coaches. They want to get out of college football and get to the pros because it's more pure football. Right. Yeah, actually, and, and it, you know, you look at – the way the pros have gone, too. I mean, with less practice and less this and less that and all that. But you can still coach. Yeah. You can still get in a guy's ass if he needs it. Where's he going to go? Going to mope around? Well, you know, one of the big, one of the big things that, that uh, I don't even know who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody yesterday. And I can't tell you how many times I heard it back in the day. Coaches say, hey, man, when I quit yelling at you, when I quit getting in your ass, that's when you need to be worried. Because that means I've given up on you. What? Like, you can't play anymore. Right? And that's, like, that's the way you can still coach in the NFL. In college, you hurt somebody's feelings. And you know what they're going to do? Pack up their bags mm-hmm. and get in the portal. But Dion looks at this as... Oh, dude, he's... I'm not. I'm not... I'm not coming to this with the idea that my strength is X's and O's. I'm not coming to this from the standpoint of I'm going to devise this amazing game plan. No, I'll hire, I'll surround myself with the coaches to do that. Not so sure about the Pat Shermer move, but, you know, hey, we'll, we'll keep an open mind. Hmm. But that's not, that's not how he looks at it. He looks at it as like my strengths have always been my personality, my charisma, my ability to to draw people, you know, towards me. Yeah. And looking at what the college football, college sports landscape is all about, this is a perfect, perfect match for what I love to do. Correct. Do you believe? And, hey, if, if, if you're turned off, and I'm sure that there are, you know, old college football fans out there screaming at clouds who – 
look at the the current state of college football and weep about it. It's not going anywhere. Not anytime soon. You you, you might better as, find yeah. a guy that you is might as a well charismatic. It. Yeah. You got to. Market marketer. He's he's got to be more of a marketer than he is a coach. Yeah. And Dion fits this perfectly. He does. It's you can't you can't do it any better than he's done it from that standpoint. And you know, frankly, look what he's done in one year of putting CU on the map. Dude, CU was a barren wasteland. Yep. Now, all that said, you better go eight and four at least next year. Yeah. Otherwise, I yeah. take all this back. Went four and eight this year. Immediately, you got to be flipped. Got to be eight and four. <laughs> Dion is Jackie Moon. <laughs> hey, hey, Tropic. What were they? The Tropic City Thunder or something like that? Tropic Thunder. You try to get me in or really? No, it was. Jackie Moon. What was the name of their team? Tropic Thunder or something like that? Hold on. No, Tropic Thunder was that other movie. That was the movie. The, uh, what do you mean, uh, you people? Jack Black was Tropic Thunder. What was the name of Jackie Moon's team? Tropic. It was Tropic something. The Flint, Michigan Tropics. Oh, the Tropics. Yeah. Okay. Flint, Michigan Tropics. <laughs> the Flint, Michigan Tropics. <laughs> you know what? You're going to get mad at me. What's that? It's another movie I haven't seen. Can I tell you something? I haven't seen it start to finish. Really? I've seen. Should we have a date? Should we have a date night? You want to do a date? Date night? Yeah. Oh. Just make sure you don't take me upstairs like you're <laughs> gonna take Mrs. S. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't do both. <laughs> you probably want me to take you upstairs to watch the movie. <laughs> no. Well, we're two for two. We got two this uh, hour. Because that one was that that, wow. that text. No, that texture's right. Oh no, that texture was one hundred percent right. right. I I gave one out just because it was making fun of you. Yeah, but the other one about Prime was correctly one hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. All right, so we got two. All right, we got half an hour left in the show. We're at two. We're trying to hit the over. Uh -huh. Three and a half. Three in the hook. See if we can't do that. But after trending next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with what's trending right now. Good win for the Avalanche wasn't one of those, like, definitive slump-busting wins where you're like, all right, they, they're fine. They answered all their questions from this uh, winless road trip. It, it was a grind. They got a couple of empty net goals late to uh, finally put away Washington 6-3, uh, to three, but it was definitely a game in doubt uh, right to the end. But still, they come away with the win. Jared Bednar will take it. It wasn't the perfect game, but oftentimes coming out of when you're playing not great, it, it, it isn't. You just need a big effort and you need to pay attention to the right things and you gotta you gotta grind. You gotta work and grind. That's what we did tonight. It's a great point, isn't it? That a lot of times when you when you see teams in slumps, it's not like it ends with that um, you know, it's like when you have that really hot, you know, back east in the Midwest, you get that that stretch of just really super hot, humid weather and uh -huh. it just sits there, sits there and then it all of a sudden you get a big round of thunderstorms comes through and blows it all out and then it's really nice. You don't get that with a losing streak. It almost has to be you you end it with a performance that's not great but it's enough to at least end the streak and then you start to build back up to where you were before. Yeah, you start to expect some of the breaks to go your way. You know, when, when, you're, when you're struggling there's almost that inevitability of something bounces the wrong way, you get a bad, you know, some bad bounce, some bad rebound, whatever it is, and you're like, oh, here we go again. There's that 
the mental aspect. We've talked about the importance of just confidence. Like to, even team confidence to know, hey, you're, the breaks are going to go your way. And it's kind of one of those things you make your own breaks by the way you're playing. That usually happens. But, yeah, you get a couple of breaks to go your way. You feel pretty good about where you are right now. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, now we're back on. We're, we're back in the thick of things. So good for them to get a victory. That's great. And um, hopefully it just continues to build. Well, Rocky's going to Rocky. We're not even into spring training yet. And we find out that one of their best players, Daniel Bard, their closer, had to have knee surgery for torn meniscus and is going to miss all of spring training. Okay, so why now? Did this just happen when he was training? I I don't know. He must have been doing some kind of training. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't something that was... You know, festering all offseason. I would wonder if he had to spend the night with Iron Man and got into that prison bed. And the next thing you know, you come out with a knee injury. (laughs) Damn you, Uh, Rich Carlton bed. But, you know, the problem with, with this is that the reason why spring training is so long in the first place is not because the hitters need all this time to get ready. It's because the pitchers need all this time to build up their... Their arm strength, I guess. I don't know. You tell me. You're rolling your eyes. How how long does spring training need to be for everybody to be ready to go? Couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. This is this is no, nothing more than making money. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but spring training Sp- spring training has become a big business. Huge but it's, business. But it's not that. It's a, it's kind of a recent phenomenon. There was a long time for a long time. Spring training was just spring training, and they still had it. As long and drawn out as it is well, now, because but you're for, right about it being very, a big business for a very now. for a very long time. Guys use spring training to get in shape, just like training camp in the NFL used to be six weeks because everybody had an off season job. True. So, yeah, and the only thing I would say is starting pitchers, you know, extending into five and six innings, like that, because you can't simulate starting in a game just by throwing a simulated game. You know what I mean? Like that. There's a difference there, but for the most part, these guys keep themselves in, in great shape, and they're ready to roll, and so they've been ready? doing arm stuff since... You ready for this? December, yeah. Apparently, he tore cartilage in his knee playing catch. Oh, my. Baseball players, man. Dude. They are... What's your knee cartilage made of? Seriously, they are paper? the softest... Just, just Google bizarre baseball injuries. Right. The list is a mile long. You're going to have the uh, cartilage replaced with peanut brittle. Anyway, you know how it is with baseball. So he'll miss all the spring training. He'll yeah. need time and extended spring training to build up arm strength. Then he'll have to go to a rehab uh, right. with the, the isotopes. We won't see Daniel Bard until the beginning of May. He's got to be 40, right? Uh, is he 40? Yeah, I think he's 38. 38. For the last two years, we we said, this is a guy who's got value. Trade him. Trade him. Trade him. Yeah. Trade him. Trade him. Yep. Trade him. Yep. It's a great story, though. Can't trade a great story. Well, they didn't trade. a great story. They didn't now. want to trade John Gray. Could have got value for John Gray. They didn't trade John Gray. They could have got value for Trevor Story. Didn't trade Trevor Story. Because they, for some reason, they feel like that there are some fan favorites out there that if they trade them. That makes them look bad. Then the fans will revolt. Right, and so what they end up doing? Oh just yeah, because he's the Arenado was a the Arenado forced his way out, so he's a villain. Correct. Right. Okay, I got you. But their their idea is that well, we can't trade these 
fan favorites because the fans will somehow revolt, and the last thing we can do, we can have happen, is have fans stop coming to the ballpark. Yeah. So what we do is we hold on to these so-called popular players, even when we could trade them and do something better for the baseball team, but that's not our priority. That's what happens. It's Dan, Pat, and Blake. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo. What, what's the deal? Why, why are you so intent to try to rewrite history? Says he never demanded a trade out of Denver. This is a podcast with a Dwayne Wade. 2010, the big three in Miami. Amari goes to New York. He was the first move to go to New York that summer. Big move for New York. They're balling. Amari's hooping. And then All-Star Weekend, the trade happens and Melo goes to New York. Talk to me about it. What are you thinking? Did you want to go there? New York never was the place, though. Like, oh, okay. It was... People People think that, like, I went in there and was like, get me out of here to Denver. Like, that never was the case. Bull! Stop the cow. Bull! I yeah. mean, I... I, 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 I now, if he wanted to kind of couch it that said, I never demanded a trade to New York, maybe you could have gone with that because there's plenty right. of talk about Chicago at the mm-hmm. time, uh, some other places. But this notion that he wasn't looking to get out of Denver is just bogus. It's, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. He's, he's my, he's my guy. He, he led Syracuse to a national championship, right. but he's, he's lying. Right. This is bogus. Can I make a long, long distance dedication to Carmelo? Sure. Rogue, how are we doing on my long-distance dedication? Do we have that? Just one second by Rogue. Because you hear that, and you think to yourself, come on, dude. Really? Come on, you live in fantasy land. If you think that we You do- live in la-la land. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. We don't- See what I did there? All right, here we go. It's my long-distance dedication. Crank that up. Come on, the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love this? Yeah. Come on. You love it? How the I know, I know. Wait. Because think about this. This is where you're going for. Yeah. All right. I, I, I promise you, it's coming. Yeah. This is this is your here you go. <laughs> Did Aldo Nova have any other hit? That's he no. This one hit got to be a one hit wonder. One hit wonder. So you're saying this is all fantasy, dude? It, this is Carmelo Anthony fantasy land. Yeah, he does live in fantasy land. Yeah, break. Come on, Mello. Why is it so important? Why is it so important for you to come out and say, oh, you know, they they draft, they gave Nikola Jokic number 15 to make people forget about me? And uh, what, what's with the. He just sounds like what's the with the, the, the wine ever. tour? It's the wine tour. It's the Carmelo Anthony wine tour. I don't know. Maybe he feels like he's fallen out of the spotlight and this is his desperate attempt to get back in. I don't know. Yeah. But it's kind of pathetic. You should buy a vineyard with all the wine. Kind of pathetic. 
Uh, Shooter McGavin. You love Shooter McGavin. Oh, I do love Shooter. One thing Shooter McGavin's done um, from, from Happy Gilmore, he's he's really become, he's taken his role actually very personally to the point where he's almost become like a guardian of golf. You know, like he's mm-hmm. a defender of golf. So he made it a point to uh, point out what happened at the Waste Management uh, with all the chaos. And he was he was very critical of the fans uh-huh. for the way they acted during the Phoenix Open. So he, he posted the, uh, the scorecard, if you will, of um, all the bad behavior at the. Uh-huh. So he posted like calls for service. This is from 2022 to 2024. Uh, arrests zero in 2022, 18 in 2023, 54 this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Ejections from 90 to 102 to 211 ejections this year. Right. And finally, trespassing charges. 14 to 41 to a total of 73 this year. So uh, the tournament that prides itself on being a party uh, got out of control to even <laughs> where the people hosting the party uh, decided it was enough. It was kind of like the uh, uh, kid and play ad yeah. uh, where it was like, dude, you know, this thing got out of control. So, Dude, I did uh, ballers with uh, Shooter McGavin. He was, did you? Yeah, he was the uh, GM. He was playing What's the role of What's his name again? G- What's his name? Uh Chris McDonald. I have it in my phone. Chris McDonald, I think. Chris McDonald? That's his name? I think so. Shooter McGavin. I just know him as Shooter McGavin. Yeah, Chris McDonald. Okay. Right here. Shooter. All right. What does Shooter say? (laughs) One more. Yeah, right there. All right. All right. We'll get him on. We'll get him on. We were talking about uh, Cecil Lammy wrote yesterday how excited he was for the uh, Deadpool 3 movie. Yes. Uh, that it looks really awesome. It's going to be Deadpool and Wolverine. Uh-huh. Well, it became the most viewed trailer, movie trailer, of all time for the first 24 hours. The Deadpool-Wolverine trailer got over 365 million views. Wow. In 24 hours. Does now, because they have, you know, his logo with a yellow logo. Does he have, like, is there a... Deadpool lady in this? Like, does it... The yellow? No, the... Or is that the yellow is the Wolverine? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, yes. That's Wolverine. This is kind of cool. How about that one? That that poster picture. It's, oh, it's, it's Deadpool. The uh, shadow looks but like... But the shadow over him is Wolverine. Oh, oh that's Wolverine that's shadow. Wolverine. Yeah. Man. Finally. Finally, I'm really finally, bored. Uh, finally, a movie we can look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, Ryan Reynolds in those tight pants. You want to talk about Todd Heine? I think Rednar is looking at that, going, "Man, I got to get me some well, of those pants." Kinda like, it's kind of like, like it's been a while since Deadpool two, mm-hmm. which which is kind of like you know with, that that the movie is going to be made well, right? That if Ryan Reynolds sure. is going to do and and, yeah. and uh, what's the other guy who does. Uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman. Hugh that, Jackman. If they're, if they're going to do a movie, it's going to be a good movie. Right? They're mm-hmm. taking their time, making sure they do it right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you know, Tom Cruise took forever to do second Top Gun. Let's do it right. Yeah. We're going to do it. Let's just, just, we just, don't let you just turn, churn out a... Yeah, you uh, just don't uh, churn that out. Uh, Plus, they, uh, those actors... Like these Aquaman movies. Yeah. Like, th- those actors have to take a little bit of time to get themselves in phenomenal shape. Yeah, boy, they really do have to... I'm like Ryan Reynolds gets ripped. Get Jackman gets ripped. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean really ripped. Not your, 
Not your freaking, uh, what's the guy's name? Duper or du- Butter or whatever the guy that was singing halftime. What was his name? Usher. Usher, yeah, Duper. You didn't think he was ripped? You were like, yes. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Electra. All right. I don't know what Electra is, but. Oh, Valentine. Oh, sounds vicious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those guys, they got to do like, you know, I mean. Bro, do you think Usher looked ripped? You said he looked yoked. I thought he looked yoked. You said yoked. Fever? Rogue? What do you guys think? Uh, I thought no. He, no. No? No. Really? Fever, I mean, he's make? not, he's in shape, Yeah, I but he's looked, not like yoked. I thought he looked yoked. No. Fever? He looked like a guy who eats well, but also goes to the gym. An enhanced dad bod, if you will. Really? Huh. A good dad bod. I feel better. <laughs> Just wait till I go shirtless. Can't wait. That is uh, what is trending. You're going to be waiting for a while. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I didn't even go to the beach shirtless. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> wear the little swimming shirt? Yeah, I got a swim shirt <laughs> in the ocean. Uh, most people would be like, so you don't get burned. He just doesn't want to. No. Hey, I'm shirt. Oh, hey, that. you know what it'd be like? It'll be like uh, creating a parade of. 65 year old blue hairs <laughs> coming to take a peek. <laughs> we got uh, one more segment to uh, try to hit the over on uh, Tell Me Why I'm Wrong Wednesday next. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. more minutes here. Try to get a few uh, more Tell Me Why I'm Wrong. Try to hit the over or two for the show. Try to get uh, over three and a half. Folks coming up with hot takes that Mark has no choice. He does it, man. He does it fighting and kicking and screaming. Yeah, because you got to be way. you got to be good. How about this one? Uh, Carmelo Anthony is irrelevant these days and isn't worth talking about. Tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, well, you're wrong because when he says something that's disparages the organization and throws shade on the Denver Nuggets and which he consistently does like, oh, you just gave Jokic the fifteen to to you know to to bounce me out of here. Like when he says things that are irrelevant or stupid or throw shade at the organization, it's our responsibility as Nugget fans and, and as Denver, Colorado to draw attention to how wrong it is. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Uh, George Carl, by the way, uh, tweeted out in the aftermath of this latest uh, proclamation from from Mello. Uh, quote, I came back from cancer treatment. Mello demanded a trade. It sucked. The truth matters, but it was a long time ago. It's not news. Let's move forward. Well, I would love to move forward, George. Sure. But Carmelo continues to make that difficult. Yeah, it's not. Uh, that's the other thing. It's not Denver. It's not the Nuggets not moving forward. They've moved forward. It's oh look at me. I want some attention. Yeah. Look, 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 look. Look what they did. It's unfair. Like, I mean, and it when is it's kind of sad, isn't right? It? But when it's completely false, don't you feel like you have to respond? 
Like the other day, let me tell you what happened to me the other day. I was on a Seattle radio station, and I had talked to um, I had talked to Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for Detroit, and he said, he said to me, he was like, "Listen, man, I'm not in a hurry to go. I don't have to go anywhere. It's got to be the right. It's got to be the right decision, the right place for me." And then he backed out because he was, you know, he had been talking to Seattle. He'd been talking to multiple teams, Washington and other teams. Then he backed out and said, I'm going back to, I'm going back to, uh, to Detroit. And I had said on the Seattle station, I was like, hey, man, I, I told them that he told me he wasn't in a hurry and he had to be, it had to be the right, perfect situation for him, the right situation for him. And I said, you know, I would speculate that for him, like the Chargers would have been, maybe the ultimate situation because of the quarterback situation they have, right? So the producer tweets out, Marshall Schler was on the show, and he said the only place that, that Ben Johnson said he would coach is in San Diego, or in, in, excuse me, Los Angeles for the Chargers. It's not what I said. I said I speculated that that would be a place that would make the most sense. But I didn't say that. So then it becomes, you know, I'm, my phone's ringing off the hook. Can you come and clarify? Can you come and talk on our show about yep. what he told you? I go, that's not what he's, that's not what he's. So I felt like it was my responsibility to respond on social media and to text the guy and said, you know what? That's not what I said. And he apologized. He goes, well, I was in such a hurry to to break news that I, I, I didn't say it the right way on in my tweet, right? And. You know, he took it down or whatever. It doesn't matter. The damage is already done. But, you know, you feel like when something is so false, something out there that's just not true, you feel like it's your responsibility to respond to it. Uh, let's see here. One more. Oh, this is a good one. Guys, Mark, not having Joel Klatt on Today, Valentine's Day, is breaking a lot of the female fans' hearts. Tell me why I'm wrong. Okay, so it's a great call. It's a great call. And Joel is so snarky, and he is so on top of it. But the issue is, is this is not the football season anymore. So at this point, we wouldn't be asking him to call out plays. And it's when he calls out plays, man, that's when the ladies swoon. The ladies start to swoon. Mm -hmm. So would it really be, would he really provide swoonable content on Valentine's Day? Oh, he could do it. Oh, he could do it. And by the way, if he did it, oh my God, I would just sit back and go, ladies. On behalf of all the men in your mm -hmm. lives, mm -hmm. you're welcome. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. That's your gift. Oh, my God. Joel Clack calling out a play. So oh, what you? are you guys doing for your wives today? Mm. <sighs> Crickets. That's Crickets. A good, that's a good question. <laughs> that uh, is a good question. Uh, to say I'm going to be doing the minimum... I'll be doing slightly above the minimum. What is the minimum? You know, the, the card, the flowers, mm -hmm. the candy. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the holy trinity of Valentine's yes. Day. Yeah. We'll probably, no. I mean, in, we'll do dinner this weekend. We'll, we'll definitely do a dinner out, mm -hmm. but it's not mm -hmm. going to be on. That That's, look, that's, 
Can I just say to everybody out there, taking your Valentine out for dinner on Valentine's Day. Rookie. That's amateur hour. It's like yeah. it's like going out on New Year's Eve. It's it's amateur hour. It's it's amateur night. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't make that mistake. All right. <clears throat> Agree that va- our Valentine's Day date, movie, dinner, whatever, we're going to do it like this weekend or something mm-hmm. like that. That's the smart move. I do the same thing every year, and it's a total winner. <laughs> First thing is I write an unbelievable heartfelt card, and I leave it there in, with some flowers in the morning. I did that this morning with a card. Yeah, with a yep. card. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I get home... I stop, the, my first stop, as soon as I get on my, because we walk through the garage, the laundry room is right there. Mm. Boom. I get in the laundry room. I strip down to nothing but my underpants. Oh, God. And I walk around shirtless in my underpants all day just so she can get a taste. Come get a taste. You're welcome. She loves that. <laughs> no, just, she doesn't. She That's a lie. 100%. That is a lie. God, I hope she's listening. Right Come now. get a look. It's what the male body's supposed to look like. <laughs> I don't know how she keeps her hands off me. I, I don't know either. That woman. That woman's uh, like self-discipline. Oh, dis- it's unbelievable. Oh, it's remarkable. Nerves of steel. Yeah. I do. I do. I do. Uh, it's funny that the texture brought up clack because I do remember it was. It was. I don't know how many years ago it was. Um, Let's see, you and I, we're in, we've done eight years together now? Yeah, we're in our eighth year. I think it was 10, 12, probably about like 11, 12 years ago mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day was the famous acting scene where we acted out the diner scene. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. When Harry met Sally. Yeah. And I nailed it. Oh, I mean, I gosh. nailed uh-huh. her. Oh, you were Sally. I was Sally. I nailed it. I, to this day, feel that I did it better than she did it. That's how good it was. Stop the cap. Rogue, are you familiar with that that scene? No, I'm not. You've never seen When Harry Met Sally? I haven't. Sadly. Sorry. Are you a romantic? Do you like yeah. good rom-coms? D- what, it what, depends. What do you consider your best, your number one rom-com? Uh, Monster-in-Law. Anything with J-Lo, probably. Okay. Oh, I love, I love, I love Monster-in-Law. That's, strong. That's, That's strong. That's strong. That's strong. I'm not going to argue with that one. Yeah. Um... But yeah, watch watch when Harry met Sally. Look for the diner scene, and then report back to me tomorrow. I'll okay? have what she's having. <laughs> that was the Huff's roll. Yes, <laughs> he nailed it too. Absolutely. <laughs> Happy Valentine's yes. Day, everybody! Hey, look, just uh, have a great day. Enjoy the day, guys. Suck it up. We know it's a fake holiday. Okay, but do your best to play along. Get through it. You'll be fine. And then we get back to normal tomorrow. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody. Uh, We'll hand things over to uh, Josh and Stoke coming up next.